MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, November 8th, 2021. Today, Jeffrey Clark appeared before the January 6th committee but refused to talk. Merrick Garland has filed a lawsuit against Texas over voting restrictions. The January 6th committee has 20 new subpoenas at the ready, including one for coup architect John Eastman. The House has passed the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Insurrection Karen gets 60 days in the pokey. And we finally have a U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Wow, that's a lot of headlines. It's been a very, very busy, very good news weekend. Dana's out this week. She's living the dream in Turks and Caicos, but I've managed to wrangle Amy Carrero to join me for the good news today. And uh, I'll also be talking to the congressional candidate from Bucks County, Pennsylvania, 1st District, Ashley Ehas. A little bit of Montgomery County, too. So I'm very excited. I absolutely love Bucks County. I know we talk about it a lot. And Pennsylvania's first is very important. And she's going to be here to talk about her platform and her opponent, Fitzpatrick. And it's just going to be an all around great interview. So I'm looking forward to that. And I also want to thank our patrons. It's because of you that I'm able to do the MSW Book Club, which just started this week. Yesterday, you can catch the first episode of the book Here Right Matters by Alexander Vinman, Colonel Vinman. He will be joining us to answer patrons' questions on the final episode of the eight-part series, which will be, I think, the week before Christmas. So you definitely want to check that out. And also, being patrons helps me produce Muller She Wrote, which just came out with Frank Fogluzzi yesterday as well. And we talked about the, the really sad John Durham stuff and how it's just not going to stand up to scrutiny. It, it, it clearly doesn't. I'm not even a lawyer and I can poke holes in it. And not just because it's funny. Anyway. All that stuff and plus all of the bonus content and and the the traveling and everything and the fact that we can pay our employees here at MSW Media such a high wage and give them benefits and stuff. It's all because of you, the patrons. So thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And uh, let's see, we have, gosh, so much news, as you could tell by the top of the show, by that intro that we need to get to. So let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Okay, so we have so much big news from the weekend. I didn't know where to start. So let's start with the awesome news. The infrastructure bill passed late Friday for the bipartisan infrastructure bill, which is $1.2 trillion, but $555 billion in new spending on roads, bridges, electric vehicle charging stations, transit, rail, clean drinking water, broadband internet. It's the biggest investment in jobs and infrastructure in five decades. It was done in a bipartisan fashion. It already passed the Senate. It will now go to Biden's desk for signature. Six Democrats voted against it and 13 Republicans voted for it. And that's okay. Those Republicans needed to vote for it in their swing districts. And those Democrats needed to vote against it because they I I actually don't know. But that's what they wanted to do. And we had enough votes to do it. And Nancy Pelosi is a wizard. I personally would not have voted no, but that's the prerogative of progressives who were granted the ability to do so and stand their ground, possibly for their constituents, so that they could go back to their very progressive districts and say, hey, I wanted more. I wanted it to pass with the Build Back Better budget reconciliation plan in tandem. They wouldn't do that. I I stood my ground for you, my constituents. That's probably why they wanted to be able to do that. And that wasn't probably a surprise either. But anyway, it was the speaker who whipped up enough votes to get the bill passed without compromising the principles of the progressives who wanted to vote no. So I think this is a win for everybody because I don't think that many progressives would have voted no if they needed the votes to pass it. They were just kind of like how Susan Collins is sometimes allowed to vote yes on shit in the Senate because they have enough. Uh, Yeah, you know what I mean. Anyway, this bill is a done deal. It's headed to Biden's desk for signature. Also in the news, a top Trump Justice Department official who aided the former president's quest to overturn the 2020 election refused to answer substantive questions in a meeting with congressional investigators on Friday. As we know by now, Jeffrey Clark, former DOJ official, instead delivered a 12-page letter from his attorney, a lawyer, by the way, who worked on post-election lawsuits aimed at overturning the results in Georgia with Sidney Powell. 
And he wrote it. He wrote this 12 page letter defending his refusal to testify. What a pile of shit. The attorney's name's Harry McDougald, excuse me, wrote that Clark intended to wait at least until courts resolve Trump's own lawsuit challenging the January 6th Select Committee's access to White House records. His records have already been fucking handed over. <laughs> Merrick Garland was like, no, there's no privilege here. Take them. We've got his letters to the states. Jeffrey Clark is the one who wrote those letters to seven states, the seven states that Eastman talked about in his coup memo, how to coup for dummies. The seven states that Trump tried to pressure Pence to throw the electors out for, the seven states that his Republican buddies in Congress objected to. Yeah, we got the Clark letters already, buddy. The January 6th chair, Rep. Benny Thompson, told Politico, uh, this is Betsy Woodruff Swan and Kyle Cheney, that Clark's refusal to testify could lead to a referral to the Justice Department for contempt of Congress. But we still don't know how the Justice Department is going to respond to Bannon's referral for contempt of Congress. But many said that's on the table. The committee has voted to hold, like we said, Steve Bannon in contempt. That's, I think, uh, two weeks. So that's 14, 15, 16, 17 days old. The last time this happened, 1983, it took nine days to come back. I think I might talk about this later in the show, but we should be cognizant of the fact that the U.S. attorney for D.C. just got there Friday. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Clark's letter, though, why I'm not going to testify by Clark, by Jeffrey Bosart Clark, is unusual. To make the case that Clark can't testify to the committee, it cites a separate letter in which Trump's lawyer specifically said the former president would not try to block Clark's congressional testimony. In the lengthy letter, Clark Counsel McDougald cites potential executive and attorney-client privilege, among other things, to justify his client's refusal to cooperate. Although Trump appeared to clear the way in August for former DOJ officials, including Clark, to testify, McDougall argues that Trump's permission came with a caveat that congressional investigators still couldn't ask about anything subject to executive privilege. Really? Did it? Quote, it is improper to put Mr. Clark in a vice between this committee and its claimed enforcement powers on the one hand and his constitutional and ethical obligations in the uh, it, it's improper. It, all he has to do is show up and tell the truth, McDougald. McDougald goes on to say, especially while there is a pending lawsuit to determine Trump's privilege objections. There's nothing to do with it. On August 2nd, Trump's then lawyer, Doug Collins, wrote a letter saying Trump would not go to court to try to block Clark and other DOJ officials from testifying to congressional investigators. McDougal's missive argued to uh, the January 6th panel that Trump's letter declining to impede Clark's testimony should, in fact, block it because it indicated that Trump could change his mind on letting those officials testify if Congress asked for privileged information from other senior officials. McDougald also argued that Clark had no direct involvement with any aspect of the attack on the Capitol on January 6th, which he suggested is the committee's primary focus. The panel itself had repeatedly emphasized its scope also includes effort by, efforts by Trump to stoke distrust in the election results and overturn his defeat. You know, the coup part, that administrative coup part that, you know, that failed, that, that caused him to go out and stoke the rioters. Quote, accordingly, Beyond showing up today to present this letter as a sign of his respect for a committee of the House of Representatives, albeit one not formed in observance with the ordinary process of minority participation, Mr. Clark cannot answer deposition questions at this time. That's what the letter says. McDougald also aimed to distance his client from the events of January 6th in his letter by saying Mr. Clark had nothing to do with January 6th protests or the incursion of some into the Capitol. Incursion. Just it was just a little... Mm, full trespass. It reads, he has informed me he worked from home that day to avoid wrestling with potential street closures <laughs> to get to and from his office at Maine Justice. Nor did Mr. Clark have any responsibilities to oversee security at the Capitol or have the ability to deploy any Department of Justice personnel or resources there. He had nothing to do with this. Hmm. Thompson said this January 6th panel would discuss Clark's refusal to testify at a meeting Friday afternoon and that a contempt citation is possible. That is on the table. So Jeffrey Clark could have been the John Dean, right? But instead, he has decided to be the John Mitchell. John Mitchell was Nixon's attorney general 
who lied to the committee, the Watergate Congressional Committee. John Dean told the truth. Turned out to be a hero. Wrote a bunch of books. You can see him on CNN. Makes a lot of money. This dickbag wants to be the John Mitchell. You know what happened to John Mitchell? He was indicted. He went to, he went to jail. Let me give you a little timeline on John Mitchell and Watergate so that you can kind of see the speed that we're working with. It was June 1972 when the break-in happened at Watergate. July 1973, a little over a year later, that's when John Mitchell lied to the committee. March 1974, about eight, nine months later, eight or nine months later, That's when he was indicted. So that would be next July to us. And then in January 1975, he was convicted. What's that? About another another eight months later. So yeah, we're looking at three years. Two and a half years, three years. It's just so you know. I know we have the internet now, but that doesn't make the courts go faster. So... I wonder if we're waiting for the Department of Justice to indict Bannon before we see contempt charges for Clark. And I'm wondering if the Department of Justice is waiting for a ruling in the Trump case about legislative purpose before they indict Bannon. But however this goes down, it's important to note that the person who decides all of this is the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia. And for months, Republicans have been blocking, holding up the nominee to that important office. This is the office that is looking at the insurrection. This is the office that would be looking into the leaders and funders of the insurrection, whether or not Trump incited it. This is the office that would be responsible for bringing the Bannon contempt referral to a grand jury. This is the office that would be responsible for indicting Trump on the Mueller obstruction of justice charges. The D.C. U.S. Attorney. And he just got there Friday. Is that what the Department of Justice has been waiting for? As you know, I worked for the federal government for a long time, and it's very common to put major projects and decisions on hold if you know a new boss is coming in. You know, we've had an acting D.C. U.S. attorney, but sometimes people like to leave it to the new guy since it'll be their responsibility. Hey, new guy's coming. New guy will be here any day. Perhaps the administration in Garland thought there'd be a U.S. attorney in D.C. by now. Didn't take into account all the Republican delays. And why did the GOP delay this particular appointment for as long as they could? Did they know this shit wouldn't get underway until he was confirmed? We don't know. But here's some info about our new U.S. attorney in D.C. His name is Matthew Graves. He took office Friday. He succeeds Channing Phillips, who had been serving as acting U.S. attorney since March 2021. Biden nominated Graves on July 26, 2021, July, August, September, October, November, four month fucking delay. He was confirmed October 28th by the Senate. Graves was sworn into office by the Honorable Chief Judge Beryl Howell on Friday in a ceremony at the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia. Attorney General Merrick Garland made remarks at the ceremony, which was attended by numerous judges and other dignitaries. Graves is 45 years old. He's returning to the nation's largest U.S. attorney's office where he worked for nearly a decade before going into private practice in 2016 as a litigation and compliance partner at DLA Piper's Washington, D.C. office. Quote, having lived in the District of Columbia for nearly two decades, two decades, it is a distinct honor to return to the United States attorney's office and to once again have the opportunity to serve my fellow community members and to work with this incredibly talented team of public servants. That was Mr. Graves. In his previous time at the U.S. Attorney's Office, Mr. Graves supervised and prosecuted a wide variety of cases as an assistant U.S. Attorney and later as a chief of the Fraud and Public Corruption Section. Public corruption. Those are the people who look into elected officials. He handled numerous high-profile matters, including successful prosecutions of public officials, international business organizations, government contractors, and defendants engaged in Ponzi schemes and other large-scale fraud. Now, y'all know I'm an eternal optimist. But that sounds like a deliberate pick by Biden, given all Graves has to decide. And of course, I'm hoping that very soon we will see Bannon indicted. I'm hoping we will see obstruction of justice charges from the Mueller report. I would like an investigation into the leaders of the insurrection and criminal accountability for all recalcitrant January 6th witnesses. All of them, including Clark. Speaking of January 6th, the January 6th Select Committee is turning its attention to the Willard Hotel Command Center War Room, 
where Trump allies gathered the night before to discuss plans to subvert and overthrow the election results. And that's according to a source familiar with the matter. The committee plans to issue subpoenas to 20 top Trump lieutenants. That's kind of a creepy word. As early as next week, the subpoenas are aimed at obtaining the legal advice offered to Trump on how he could stop Biden's election win from being certified. <laughs> Meetings involved at Trump's the, former lawyer, Rudy, former White House strategist Bannon, conservative legal scholar John Eastman, among others. Last week, Benny Thompson, the chairman, confirmed they're going to subpoena Eastman as part of this round of 20. So we can look forward to that. All right, we'll be right back with a little schadenfreude. Then I'll be joined by Bucks County's own Ashley Ehaas, who's running for Congress in Pennsylvania's 1st District. And don't forget to stick around for the good news with Amy Carrero, all coming up after this short break. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and today's episode of The Beans is brought to you by Allform, creating beautiful furniture customized to your specifications. Allform's furniture is tailored to exactly meet your needs and is delivered to your doorstep, free of charge, fast and easy. With Allform, you can customize your own luxury furniture using premium materials, but at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. It's up to you which color, size, shape, and fabric you want. That fabric is stain, scratch, and spill resistant, which is perfect for folks with pod pets. I picked out a three-seater sofa in whiskey-colored leather with walnut legs and a chaise lounge. It is comfortable, stylish, and it looks great. And Allform ships fast. It comes in the mail in just three to seven days, and it's easy to put together with no tools. They have beautiful armchairs and love seats all the way up to eight-seat sectionals. You can always start small and add more if you get into a bigger house or your family grows. Best of all, you get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it, which is more than three months. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free and give you a full refund. They also have a forever warranty, literally forever. So to find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash dailybeans. Allform is offering 20% off all orders for listeners at allform.com slash dailybeans. And today's show is also brought to you by Wealthfront. If you want to invest for the long term, it helps to invest on your terms. Maybe you're pro-solar, pro-cannabis. Maybe you, you know, you're into crypto. Uh, but whoever you are, you should invest in what you believe in. And that's what makes Wealthfront so great. It's not just like prepackaged things that you can't change. In just minutes, you can get started with Wealthfront's classic portfolio, or you can make things custom with investments you care about most. Wealthfront even offers a socially responsible portfolio, which is a mix of funds built around human rights, solar, climate change, and sustainability. Wealthfront is super easy to personalize, meaning you can tweak your portfolio to match things you care about, like clean energy funds, crypto trusts, cannabis, and they have hundreds. No matter what you're into, Wealthfront will help you build wealth responsibly and protect you from making a dumb mistake, like going all in on some bad advice you got on Reddit. But best of all, Wealthfront is totally automated. They do all the trading, all the rebalancing, and they even help lower your tax bill as you invest. Wealthfront is trusted with over $27 billion in assets, helping nearly half a million people build their wealth. And you can get your first $5,000 managed for free at Wealthfront.com slash Daily Beans. It takes just minutes to start building your wealth. So visit Wealthfront.com slash Daily Beans. That's Wealthfront, F-R-O-N-T dot com slash Daily Beans. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for a little schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. And I have a schadenfreude hat trick for you today. Three amazing schadenfreude stories. First is the House Committee investigating the Capitol riot fights to extract testimony and documents from Trump's White House, the Atlanta district attorney in uh, Fulton County is moving forward, convening a special grand jury in her criminal investigation of election interference by the former president and his allies, according to a person with direct knowledge. The prosecutor, Fonnie Willis of Fulton County, opened her inquiry in February. February. So it's been nine months. And her office has been consulting with the House committee, whose evidence could be of considerable value. We know that they've been handing stuff over to her. But her progress has been slowed in part by delays in the panel's fact gathering. By convening a grand jury dedicated solely to the allegations of election tampering, Willis would be indicating that her own investigation is ramping up. Her inquiry is seen by legal experts as potentially perilous for the former president, given the myriad interactions he and his allies had with Georgia officials, most notably that call with Raffensperger. Find 11,780 votes. That's all I need. Even though I won by 400,000, I only need 11,780. The Georgia case is one of two active criminal investigations known to touch the former president and his circle. The other is an examination of his financial dealings by the Manhattan District Attorney. Although the Times here doesn't mention what's going on in Westchester, I believe they are just opening a criminal inquiry into his into golf course property valuations there. That's Mimi Roca. The Biden Justice Department has sued Georgia over highly restrictive voting law passed by Republican-led legislatures, arguing that it discriminates against black voters. 
This is, when I say the Biden Justice Department, that means Merrick Garland. At the same time, Trump is aggressively seeking to reshape the state's political landscape by ousting Republicans that he considers unwilling to do his bidding or to adopt his false claims of election fraud. He is supporting a challenger to Raffensperger in next year's primary and has been courting possible candidates to run against Republican Governor Brian Kemp. One Trump ally, former Senator David Perdue, is weighing such a run, while another, the former football star Herschel Walker, is eyeing a Senate bid. A new governor would not have direct power to pardon, by the way, which is in Georgia is delegated to a state board. Instead of impaneling a special grand jury, Ms. Willis could submit evidence to one of two grand juries currently sitting in Fulton County, a longtime Democratic stronghold, by the way, that encompasses much of Atlanta. But the county has a vast backlog of more than 10,000 potential criminal cases that have yet to be considered by a grand jury. 10,000 as a result of logistical complications from coronavirus. And Miss Willis has argued inaction by her predecessor, Paul Howard, who she replaced in January. So she's cleaning up a mess. Sound familiar? By contrast, a special grand jury, which by Georgia statute would include 16 to 23 members, could focus solely on the potential case against Trump and his allies. Ms. Willis would likely soon take the step, according to a person with direct knowledge. Ms. Willis would need to return to a regular grand jury to seek criminal indictments, though this this jury could issue subpoenas. She would have to go back to the regular one for criminal indictments. That's Georgia's rules. Ms. Willis's office declined to comment. Earlier in the year, in an interview with The Times, she said, anything that is relevant to attempts to interfere with Georgia election will be subject to review. We do know she hired a RICO expert as well. I think she's looking at racketeering. Second up in the schadenfreude hat trick, a Texas real estate agent who bragged after January 6th that because she's a blonde white woman, she would not be going to jail for joining the assault on the U.S. Capitol by pro-Trump mob. She was sentenced Thursday to 60 days of prison. It's one of the harshest penalties so far on a participant in the events at the Capitol who was only found guilty of a petty offense. She got two months. Quote, for better or worse... You've become one of the faces of January 6th. That's from U.S. District Judge Christopher Cooper of D.C. And he was talking to Jenna Ryan. She's 50 years old and she can punch and kick. She gained national attention by defending her conduct at the Capitol in media interviews and on Twitter. And because of that notoriety, Cooper said people would look to her sentence as evidence of how our country responded to what happened. He continued, I think this sentence should tell them that we take it seriously. It was an assault on our democracy and it should never happen again. Good for this judge. Good judge. Good judge Cooper. In sentencing Ryan to 60 days in custody, he cited her apparent lack of remorse for her conduct as well as her decision to join the mob, not directly from Trump's rally that morning, but after going back to her hotel and seeing television footage of the mob besieging the Capitol. Oh, that looks fun. I'm going to go down. Quote, you've been very upfront that you feel no sense of shame or guilt. That's the judge. You suggested Antifa was somehow involved. And perhaps most famously, you said that because you had blonde hair and white skin, you wouldn't be going to jail. And then he sentenced her to jail. And finally, in the hat trick, the FBI raided the New York home of James O'Keefe, the head honcho of right wing sting operation Project Veritas on Saturday, 6 a.m. Happy weekend. O'Keefe confirmed the search of his apartment on the Project Veritas website. Quote, I awoke to the news the apartment and homes of Project Veritas journalists or former journalists, journalists, had been raided by FBI agents. It appears the Southern District of New York now has journalists in their sights for the supposed crime of doing their jobs lawfully and honestly, or at least this journalist, he wrote. I have to remind you again, much like we had to say multiple times about Julian Assange, you can take and print stuff as a journalist, if you're calling yourself a journalist, which I guess anybody can these days, but you can't steal it. <laughs> you can't murder someone for it. Those are laws. The day prior, O'Keefe said the Justice Department was investigating the group, the Project Veritas group, in a probe over a diary allegedly stolen from Joe Biden's daughter, 40-year-old Ashley Biden. Project Veritas at one point had possession of the diary after receiving it from unidentified tipsters who said they found it in a room Ashley stayed in. The group attempted to return it to her, O'Keefe said, but her lawyer refused to authenticate it. So the group handed it over to law enforcement. O'Keefe claimed that his legal team had demonstrated the group's lack of involvement in criminal activity to the Justice Department with unassailable facts. Project Veritas did not publish the contents of the diary because the group could not authenticate it. That's according to O'Keefe. In what world is the alleged theft of a diary investigated by the president's FBI and his Department of Justice? A diary is federal investigation smacks of politics, O'Keefe wrote. 
Yeah, okay, if, if it were just that, I might agree. Ashley Biden reported the burglary of her house and the theft of several personal items to the Justice Department, which opened the inquiry into the matter in October of last year. October of last year, Bill Barr. Around the same time, another right-wing site owned by a company named Flyover Media posted pages from the notebook as former President Donald Trump and others attempted to discredit Joe Biden via his family, particularly his son, Hunter. Flyover Media is registered to the same Wyoming address as the company of a former British spy, Richard Seddon, contracted to train Veritas operatives. The search of O'Keefe's apartment followed the raid of two of his associates Thursday as part of the investigation. And just as I predicted in the Cohen raid, when I said it was about more than just the Stormy Daniels payout, it turned out to be about, remember, essential consulting? It's fucking essential. Giant slush fund, people paying access to get access to the president, some foreign. And anyway, just like I said, it can't just be about the hush money payment, that Cohen raid. I think this is more than just a diary. Knowing the cover-up is always worse than the crime, my beans are that he obstructed justice somehow, maybe by destroying evidence or witness tampering. We shall see. But you can't get a warrant without evidence of a potential crime. And they don't come bust in 6, uh, 6 a.m. on a Saturday unless it's urgent and they're, they're afraid that they're, you're going to destroy that evidence or the evidence is somehow in danger or people are somehow in danger. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll be right back with the good news after a brief interview with congressional candidate for Pennsylvania's first district, Ashley Ehaz. Don't go away. Hey, everybody, it's AG for The Beans. If you're looking for a super fun and engaging mobile game to keep your anxiety low, take your mind off the news, but keep your mind sharp, you have to try Best Fiends. It's my favorite match three style game by far. The rest are basically just the same game over and over with different color schemes. Stop crushing the same old candy. Try something new and exciting. Best Fiends has a captivating storyline, amazing music, beautiful colors and visuals. They have the good guys, which are the fiends, and the bad guys, the slugs. You start out with little baby fiends, right? But as you play the game, they become more powerful. They level up and they have like certain things that they can each do, like specialties. And new fiends join the team. They help you solve challenging puzzles. There's a lot of strategy. And with best friends, you get action-packed adventure and a brain-boosting puzzle game all in one. Plus, for me, it functions as a nice chill break from daily stress. So it's really part of my self-care routine, honestly. Best Fiends has literally thousands of levels with more added all the time. There's always a new challenge to look forward to whenever I need a fun break from reality or a little mental boost to keep me sharp. You can download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. And today's show is also brought to you by Bowl and Branch. Because uh, the holidays are coming and they highlight the importance of family. And getting to show them and your friends, your chosen family and your your family family, how much they mean to you. So if you're looking for an amazing gift for your fam or your friends, check out Bowl and Branch. Seriously. We spend one third of our lives sleeping. I love sleep. Everyone you know loves sleeping. Pure organic cotton sheets from Bowl and Branch make a truly amazing gift. I always agonize over what the right gift is for the right person, but this year I've got it figured out. The gift everyone wants is a better night's sleep. Bowl and Branch never disappoints. With the highest quality sheets, blankets, pillows, and throws, plus holiday packaging makes your gift look and feel special. I love my Bowl and Branch sheets personally. They're ultra soft, buttery, luxurious. They get softer with each wash. They have an amazing drape. They're transparently sourced. They're produced at a higher standard with toxin-free processes and fair trade certification. Amazing quality and a fair price. I'm planning on gifting a set to someone special this season, so they'll get to enjoy them every single day. And think of me while they're sleeping on them. Yay. Bowl and Branch holds themselves to high standards across the board from sourcing pure organic cotton to putting workers' rights first. That's big with me. And it's not just their sheets that are made the right way. Their pillows, their bath towels, their robes, everything. So treat yourself and your loved ones to a new standard in bedding from Bowl and Branch. Their gifts comes wrapped and ready in their special holiday packaging. Order by December 19th for guaranteed delivery by Christmas. Best deals of the year are going now from 11-1 to 11-11 with promo code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowl, B-O-L-L, and branch.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS. Exclusions may apply. Everybody, welcome back. I am honored to be joined by U.S. Army veteran. Thank you for your service. She's running for Congress in Pennsylvania's 1st District. Please welcome Ashley E. Has. Hi, Ashley. How are you? Hi, I'm very good. Thank you, Allison. And of course, thank you for having me and thank you for your service as well. High five. Even though Army, it's okay. Navy, but like... It's okay. It's okay. We can find peace in our time, Allison. We sure can. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. We were both vaccinated, so it's all right. Yes. I'm so happy to talk to you. First of all, this is like one of the coolest places in the country. I love Pennsylvania's first district. Can you tell us a little bit about what counties, because I know our listeners are going to be very familiar with one of them, 
uh, what counties it covers and sort of the demographics and the coolness and sort of the the layout of, of this district as it's drawn right now. Yeah, thank you so much for that. So as we are drawn right now, we cover Bucks County, which is where I live down here in Ben Salem, PA, and then portions of Montgomery County. And this is a district that is, you know, just thriving. And we have a lot of union workers here. We have a lot of people who came here to build incredible family lives. It is just a, a wonderful district that is filled with incredible history from our country and is is hungering for, for some fresh new leadership who's willing to take on Washington. Awesome. And let's talk a little bit about your platform because this sort of, it intersects in a lot of ways with what's trying to be hashed out right now in the Build Back Better plan and infrastructure. It also aligns with some very progressive values. And I wanted to talk about, you know, sort of the, the things that set you apart from your opponent and, and kind of the positive message that we're going to take into 2022. Yeah, thank you so much for that question. So the big things for, for my platform that I am focusing on are the economy, quite frankly, and bringing that prosperity back to the district. I think people here in Bucks and Montgomery counties are just hungering for that prosperity. And looking at why I am running, I am a leader. I'm a veteran. I'm a West Point graduate. I'm a helicopter pilot. I've made tough decisions in tough situations. And maybe like a lot of veterans, maybe including yourself, I joined the military to create opportunities for myself. It was a way to just move further ahead for myself and my family. The way I grew up was working class. It was a a loving family, but we struggled to put food on the table, to pay our rent, to get adequate health care. And so I think there are a lot of families here in Bucks and Montgomery counties who are feeling that same way. So in, a, in moving forward and looking at economic prosperity, I'm putting myself out there as the leader to bring that here to Bucks County. That Bucks County and the, the parts of uh, Montgomery County, it was a uh, Biden won, I think, by nine points, but it's been held by a Republican representative since 2017. So I think that that's going to bring a lot of national attention to this race. And so I think that this powerful message that you're delivering on the economy and jobs is is very important. Can you talk a little bit about how you see the national spotlight likely coming to this district as as we move forward into the next election cycle? Yeah, thank you again. Yes, I think this this district, all eyes are going to be on the first district of Pennsylvania next year. And right now we have a leader in the seat who, quite frankly, no longer represents the values of the district. And that is exactly why I'm running. He is much more comfortable cozying up to lobbyists rather than working for his constituents here. He is cozying up to those with agendas that do not serve the people of Bucks and Montgomery counties. And we need a leader who is willing to step forward and actually advocate for the people here. So yes, I think all eyes will be on this district, but also all eyes within the district will be closely watching this race because they are demanding change in leadership and someone who, quite frankly, will go to Washington and actually represent them. And, you know, coming from um, California, we have a different sort of, I guess, a different sort of demographics and different sorts of, of voters when it comes to new jobs, creating new jobs, if, if that makes sense. And I was wondering if you could talk about the kinds of new jobs that you want to create for Pennsylvanians, particularly in Bucks and Montgomery. Yeah. So one of the things we are looking at, in addition to just economic prosperity, is also combating the, the effects of climate change. And so building jobs that acknowledge our union roots and union workers, but also creating opportunities for growth in fighting that actual change as well. And that's incredibly important here in this district is acknowledging where we've been, where we're going, leaving no one behind, but actually addressing this this crisis that's in front of us right now. Mm. And what are your policies on health care? How would you work to get timely access to quality health care for Pennsylvanians in your district? Yeah. So right now, access to health care, we, we are in crisis mode with that for sure. And there are so many families here in Bucks and Montgomery counties who, who are demanding change and greater access. Right now, prescription drugs, they, they cost too much. There is such limited access. And kind of on the, the bigger front that we're seeing on the national stage, the access to even reproductive rights is currently under threat. And we have a leader in the seat right now who has not only made it clear he is not going to stand up for those rights, but he's actually going to stand against them. So in 
approaching this, I'm looking at just expanding that access, reducing the cost of drugs, but also really looking at the the threats that are against not only a woman's right to choose, but the family's right to choose and addressing the fact that we have a leader right now who's made it clear he is not going to stand up for those rights. That's really interesting. Can you talk just a little bit more about a family's right to choose? Because I haven't heard it put that way. And I think that that's extremely important. Yeah. So it, Obviously, I, I am a woman and I care deeply on a very personal level about having that control over my body to choose. But I think we need to look at reproductive rights as more than just a woman's right to choose. I think that excludes the families that are affected by this. And this reminds me of my, my time in service as a commander. I saw many of my soldiers deal with the fallout of either lack of control over their reproductive rights in certain circles or just having these issues pop up and and need help with that. And the more we put limitations on it, the more we affect families as a whole. The, it, these decisions affect more than the woman. It affects her partner, her family, and also those who just want to have children and have that choice in front of them. So it's it's about much more than just a woman's right to choose. It's a family's right to choose. Yeah, I think that's so important because it's not to say that it's not the woman's choice. It's to say that that woman's choice, which she should fundamentally have, impacts her family. And I feel like that sort of goes by the wayside when we talk about this because abortion access is access to health care. And and I think, you know, I, I really like that idea. And, you know, to clarify how I think it's so important that you're right. If, if, if a woman loses that right to choose or that bodily autonomy, that can severely negatively impact the entirety of, of a family if she's part of one. That's right. Absolutely. It, 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 the fallout from this is, is momentous. And I want to be clear, if we, if we lose Roe v. Wade, this is, this is more than just a theoretical threat that is off in the distance and not affecting people. That is an immediate impact to livelihoods, ability to access these opportunities. It kind of going back to what we talked about at the top of the call. I joined the military to create those opportunities. And so when you look at Roe v. Wade, that will just limit those opportunities again. And so restricting that right to choose to kind of just keep hammering at home. It is about more than just affecting the women. It is affecting everyone around that person who needs to make that choice. Yeah, absolutely. And it does impact the economy. All of these things are interwoven. You know, when you think about it, when we think about climate jobs, education jobs, healthcare jobs, you know, and then right. all of that impacts the economy. And, and I, I feel like that's missing with so many of, of the opponents, the Repu- our Republican opponents that we're running against, because m- most of them, let's be honest, are just have bought the seat and are just sitting in it doing nothing but trying to block things for hap- from happening for, for constituents. Yeah. And, and I think you're speaking to that the American people see the divisiveness in Congress right now. And that is the major issue. They want a leader who will step in and just get things done. And quite frankly, that is exactly why I'm running. Through my experience as a commander in the military, as a pilot in command who had to make tough decisions in a moment of crisis, this is the leadership we need. And to kind of put an even finer point on it, I'm a member of the first generation of this country that does have it worse off than our parents did and in certain aspects than our grandparents did. I think there there are many people now, and of all generations we are seeing this, but my generation is also seeing things just slip away from us. The ability to afford a house. I bought my first home, but with the VA loan, and quite frankly, I probably wouldn't have been able to do it without the VA loan, and not everyone has access to that the ability to afford childcare, let alone the ability to have children in the first place. Then once you have them, can you afford that childcare? I mean, these are real things. And right now, American people are looking to Congress to get some leadership, some decisive action, and they're not seeing that. And that's where I am stepping up to run for Congress now and represent Bucks and Montgomery counties in that way. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad to get to talk to you today. I know I've got a lot of people listening who would love to either donate time, services, money, volunteer. Can you tell them where to do that, where they can write postcards, where they can get the vote out? I know we're early, but it's already November. <laughs> it's been a year since we elected Biden and Harris, and it just seems to have gone so fast. So I just want to remind everybody we have to get in gear. And I was hoping you could tell them where they could do that for you. 
Hey, thank you so much for that. And yes, we we are hitting the ground running. We we are moving forward quickly and with passion. So I can be reached at ehasforcongress.com. You can look up all the information on me, my values, and of course, places to contribute to the team. I, I really appreciate you. You give me some space to talk about that. Yeah, no, thank you for coming on and sharing this with us. And we hope that you would come back and check in sometime between now and election day. I absolutely will. This was such a pleasure. Thank you, Allison. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ashley Ehas. We appreciate your time. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back for the good news. Hey, everybody, it's AG. And today's show is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the health and wellness company that makes comprehensive daily nutrition really, really simple and convenient. I like I love Athletic Greens plus AG Athletic Greens. Now we have stress, poor sleep, exercise, a hectic schedule, all of that and the work make it difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits. I have big gaps in my diet, especially since I intermittently fast and I'm I'm perimenopausal. But AG1 by Athletic Greens, category-leading superfood product, gives me comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition. One tasty scoop of AG1 has 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, a multimineral, a probiotic, greens superfood blend, and more in, in one convenient daily serving. The special blend of high-quality bioavailable ingredients in a scoop of AG1 work together to fill those nutritional gaps in my diet and yours, and they support energy and focus, aid with gut health with the probiotics and digestion. It's amazing. I feel incredible. And they support a healthy immune system, which is very important, especially going into the winter. Effectively, this replaces multiple products and pills with one healthy, healthy, delicious drink. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything, while keeping it tasting great. And my favorite thing is that the research changes, and so does AG1. While most nutritional products that come on the market never evolve, Athletic Greens continues to obsessively improve AG1 based on the latest research, producing 53 improvements over the last decade alone and counting. So I highly recommend you give it a try. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D, and which is amazing. I have a vitamin D deficiency. And in the winter, it's so important because we don't get a lot of sun. So you get free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. And today's show is also brought to you by BetterHelp, providing professional online therapy when you need it most. We all can use support for our mental health and BetterHelp counselors are always there to provide support and guidance no matter what you're going through. My experience with PTSD and anxiety has taught me it's better to seek assistance rather than try to deal with it alone. And BetterHelp makes it easy and convenient. You can message your counselor anytime from anywhere and you get timely, thoughtful responses and you can schedule weekly meetings by phone or video. It's more affordable than traditional counseling and financial aids available. And if you need to change your counselors, it's easy free. Um, so you need to visit their website, go to BetterHelp's website, read their testimonials like this one by user SO, who says, Kate Pompey is very attentive and understanding. I know while working with her as our common goal is my mental health and not just a paycheck. I feel listened to and I have appreciated her insight and coping skills that she has provided. I highly recommend Kate as a therapist. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You can join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Daily Beans listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash dailybeans. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news. It's on the way. And yay, joining me today for the good news. I know Dana is out. She's living the high life in Turks and Caicos, being oh, awesome. Wow. But joining me today is Amy Carrero, movie Hi. star. Hi, hello. Uh, That's just how I'm going to start introducing you. Just movie star. Just movie Amy star. Carrero. I mean, you know, uh, TV. I'll take TV uh, actress, uh, periodic TV actress, and uh, periodic film actress. I'll take that. Big screen, little screen. Yeah, I, I, I'll take yeah. it. She works every now yeah. and then. That's that's good enough for me. Yeah. Cool. I'm so glad to be here, and I'm jealous that we're not in Turks and Caicos, but. <laughs> she deserves that vacay so i hope she's living it up she and does. having some amazing times for us i'm i am certain she is i'm certain she is and you know i want it first of all happy one year anniversary of the day we find out that biden won Woo. you know what i think i'm wearing the same outfit 
Are you? Yeah, because I po- I posted <laughs> a picture of me and Tim. <laughs> I remember that trip. halter top. That's like yeah. one of your favorite halter tops. I know. I you wear it all the, all the time. All the time. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm most definitely wearing the same thing because I only fucking wear the same thing every day of my life, which That's is chic. Athletic bra, yeah, Tom, Tomboy X. Actually, I love these guys. Yeah, a yoga tank top, uh, Lulus and Uggs. I mean, like that's that's, that's a uniform. It love is. It. It's a uniform. I've been wearing a uniform since I was since I joined the Navy. Since I was a kid, and right. even before that, when I was working at restaurants. So yeah, I like I have uniforms, and now when I even I have self imposed uniforms. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> love it. So holidays are coming up, and there is now a way to gift a subscription. patronage directly to someone you know because we we were doing patrons helping patrons remember you could spend 36 bucks and you would buy a one-year subscription for somebody who couldn't swing it and then you can put yourself on the wait list if you want to get one of those donated to you and you still can do that at dailybeanspod.com but if you want to buy a a subscription for a specific person a gift you can do that by going to dailybeans.com Com. Actually, I think it's dailybeans.supercast.com mm-hmm. and choose the gift a subscription choice at the top of the page. That's dailybeans.supercast.com. You can still donate, like I said, anonymously by going to dailybeanspod.com and scrolling down to the bottom to find patrons sponsoring patrons. But this is very cool. So, yeah. And like, gifts. there's all these supply chain issues now. So this way, you don't got to worry about it. You just give someone, you know, and it's not going to get backed up. It's not sitting in a shipping container in Savannah, Georgia, waiting to be unloaded. You know, <laughs> I wonder just... if you can gift, like, if you can send one to Mike Pence or something. Oh, my God. Yes, I'm sure. Or Steve Bannon. I oh. don't know. You probably have to have some sort of information oh. from them. Huh. I know. Huh. You could probably find their agent information. They uh, for sure. Well, I don't know if Pence has an agent, but for sure, Bannon has an agent. Oh, yeah. Send it to his ass. How gross that he has an agent. I mean, I don't I don't know that to be true, but he would. Right. Like like a speaking engagement agent or something. Yeah, he would have to. (sighs) Kevin Sorbo's agent. Yeah, same. Probably the same with Scott Baio. Yeah. Right. No, nah, I'm have agents. They Aaron Rodgers. In 20 years. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has like a sports. He's got like a Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Who's, who's like, fuck off, bro. I'm not your agent anymore. I wonder <laughs> if his agency's changed. That's interesting. Ooh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, because I know that one healthcare company dropped him as a sponsor. But not enough. Anyway. No, no. It's I not want enough. More. We want more. Yeah. Everyone drop that guy. What a dick. If you have anything else you want to send in to us for the good news, please do so at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. First up from Karen, not that Karen. Not that Karen. Pronouns she and her. Here's a picture of my dear Cooper, oh. all dressed up, always a busy bee. This looks like a Wheaton Terrier. Uh, Look at oh, this that's baby. right. What's that song? God loves, God loves a terrier. terrier. I just watched that the other day. It's so good. <laughs> Such a good one. Yes. Early, early sneak preview of what Shits Creek would end up, you know. So uh, true. Awesome, oh, God. As awesome as. So good. Do you want to do uh, the I'm other gonna, Yeah, I was yeah gonna I'm going to take the second one, too. Good From luck. Evan. Thank you. Pronouns he and him. You are all great. Bringing the sanity and the facts. I got a shit kids say for you. My wife is first generation Vietnamese. We started our daughter on Vietnamese so she would be fluently bilingual. When she was four or five, she walked in when I was taking a leak. She stopped in her tracks, stared and grinning, then ran to my wife yelling, Boko Duoi, Boko Duoi, Boko Duoi. That means daddy has a tail. Oh boy. She's 21 now, but I still laugh oh, my man. ass off every time I remember that. Daddy I'm has sorry, a Evan. front tail. I'm sorry if I butchered that pronunciation, but that's hilarious. That is really funny. I love that. I'll take that. Oh, okay. So the next one from Matt, pronounce he, him, is shit parents say. Love that. Mm. Shit parents say. It's been 35 years, but the memory is fresh. As a teen, I got a job at the burger joint Ruckers. I love that place. And my good Christian pastor dad said to me with, a, with complete innocence, so I heard you got a job at buttfuckers. I have not tormented my now 81-year-old father with this memory because I know it would only cause him extreme discomfort. But the memory has always been a source of private hilarity and catharsis for me. Thank you, AG plus DG, for giving me the chance to share. 
butt fuckers. AC, everyone's forgetting Amy Carrero. That's okay. I've been so gone. Long. I'm like the I'm like the weird aunt that like you know slips you a little alcohol at the holiday party, and you know <laughs> you kind of you like her, and then you kind of forget about her until the next holiday party when you're looking for some booze. And she shows right up and here. pinches your cheeks and She's kisses right you here. right in the mouth and then gives you some gives you some schnapps. Yeah, yeah. S- slips you a ten dollar bill. Like don't spend it all in one place. Don't tell your mother. Don't tell your mother. Yeah, for that's real. really funny. Buttfuckers is not a place I would want to work at. <laughs> I don't know. It could be fun. It could be fun. <laughs> next, next yeah, if you're into it, life. you know, you have to be in the mood. It's not every day. <laughs> it's not a daily. <laughs> no. You gotta prep for that, you know. <sighs> Next up from Glenn, pronouns he and him. Dear Beans Queens, regarding the discussion of alumnus slash alumni, oh. my alma mater, Hampshire College, used alumn, gender neutral singular, A L U M N, and alums, at least as far back as the 1980s. Very cool. Keep up the good work. Take care of your mental health. Pod pet tax included. It's a tuxedo oh, with Toby. That tail looks like a little feather. It's so cute. Huh? I but- like that. I like alum and alums. I, I think it's easier to remember, you know? Yep. Yep. You just got to add the N. No, I'm into it. I'm into it. Next up from Anonymous Groom. Oh, I thought this was maybe I thought this was maybe an, an update from the last oh, right. Amy's court, but I don't think it is. OK, so my bride to be dropped her wedding ring off at the jeweler to be clean before the big day. Oh, man. Wait, this happened to me, I think. OK, p- put a pin in that. Anonymous groom continues. Well, the big day is Sunday today and neither of us picked up the thing. The shop is closed until Tuesday. Oh, no. Luckily, we were able to get a hold of the owner, and she was gracious enough to open the store this morning, and one of the bridesmaids was able to pick it up. Crisis averted. We've been so bad at this wedding planning stuff. I really don't know how people do it. It's been such a roller coaster ride. Here's a picture of one of our cats looking a bit like he's riding an imaginary roller coaster. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Hey, and you know what? Our network manager, Kanai, is getting married today. No way. Yes. Congratulations, yes, a very popular, Kanai. Pop, popular wedding day. And then, of well, course, we had the Amy's Court, you know, the other day. I don't know right. if that's today or you not. You know what? I, I bet people are just trying to do the weddings that were postponed in 2020. Okay. Yes. Uh, but did you have you seen the second photo of this? Yeah. Time? Oh, yeah. <laughs> got a little bit of teeth in that one. It's very uh, good. That's so cute. That's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you a quickie. When I so I got married, you know, five years ago. I went to I I dropped like most like a lot of people getting married do. You drop off your ring to be cleaned, and uh, when I got it back, it was fine. It looked great, beautiful. And then it turns out they'd like knocked the stone loose, so my diamond oh. fell out three times on my wedding day. Ew. Oh oh. Oh oh. I found it yeah. every time, but after the third time. So anyway, I went, I walked down the aisle with like my ring ducked or like uh scotch guard, not scotch guard, taped to my hand, like to the ring. It was just like, yeah, I was like, I can't to walk down the aisle with no ring. Yeah. Oh to keep God. the stone in. I still have that, it. So that's good news. Did you take it back and say, what the fuck? And yeah. They they, I got married in Colorado and they were saying that like, first of all, there was a design flaw in the ring, but um, they say like when it's, different altitudes the um gold stretches or shrinks i don't know if i i don't know if i believe that it's the altitude they blame everything on the altitude they blame fucking everything on the altitude don't they yeah it'd be like your husband like uh, abandon you at the altar it's the altitude altitude. it's it's a a, a symptom of altitude sickness for Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) next up from anonymous Hi, AG, DG, and everyone else. You got an everyone else this time, I love it. Oh, It's like Gilligan's Island. Do you remember the... Oh, yeah, yes, and the rest. <laughs> <laughs> the movie star. And, and the, the rest. rest. Yeah, like, what's the, the professors all? What the fuck? <laughs> the professor and Marianne are just everyone else. Because it used to be the professor and Marianne. I thought you know. it started with and the rest and then they complained and they added the professor and Marianne. I'm not sure. Maybe they thought the professor and Marianne weren't going to be permanent characters. Yes. Like they would get rescued. So like the per- smart professor would be like, come on, baby. And they would have yeah. gotten the fuck out. Let's leave these losers here on the island. <laughs> Hilarious. How that happened. 
and the rest <laughs> from anonymous hi agdg and the rest i have some good news to share because i feel like telling someone i debated writing a long passage and just deleted it in order to keep this short and to the point i do that all the time anonymous me too i'm a very straight presenting cisgender male i recently came out as bisexual to my wife and it went amazingly well Dope. i can't imagine it going any better Amazing. I feel a kind of joy that I've never felt before. And I felt like sharing this with my peeps. This is such an amazing community. I thought hearing this might help someone else feel comfortable being their true selves with someone close to them. Thanks for always being awesome. And also thanks for posting all of the long form interviews when you were on vacation. They were great. Uh Love to all. Anonymous. P.S. I'm including a pet tax photo here is a picture of one of our dogs acting like a weirdo. And the photo doesn't seem to be here. So we'll have to. Oh, no. Find maybe, out maybe what's the, up with Kanai getting married and he just leaves photos out. The of the good news. You know what? Maybe the dog is acting so weird he's invisible. Oh, invisible dog. Invisible dog. Maybe That's... the dog is just and the rest. You know. <laughs> yeah, listen, the dog's contract didn't come through in time for this uh, podcast <laughs> recording. So we left him out. I didn't get so the rider. Rad. I didn't get the dog rider. Congratulations. That's so cool. Next up, Polly. Pronounce she, her. Hey, Beans Queens. Greetings from Down Under. After two years of hell, I finally got a bit of good news to share. A bit of background. A few years ago, I fell in love with an American. We got married, made our home in the mountains. Yay. It's a fucking fairy tale. At the end of 2019, I returned alone to Australia to renew my visa. I wasn't Uh meant to be. Oh, no. It wasn't meant to be for long. What's the worst that could happen? Well, I know. Thanks to the former guy scrapping the visa program I was on. Yeah, the literal worst thing. Yes, and the closure of the international border. I've been stuck in Australia for the last two years. I haven't seen the love of my life that entire time. We've got immigration stuff processing, but I can't go back until it's completed. Don't worry. It gets worse. Oh, no. In those two years, we lost his father. My dad got cancer. And for the rule of threes, my cat had his leg amputated. Well, what's the good news, Polly? She writes, well, the international borders are open and we're going on vacation. In just a few weeks, we will be reunited in a tropical paradise for two weeks of sun, surf and sexy time. After two years of hell, I think we have earned it. Yes. For pod pet tax, enjoy this adorable photo of my three-year-old nephew enjoying my Australian effort at Halloween. And I had to share this photo of the time I bought me and my husband matching bear hats. Oh, man. Those are really excellently carved pumpkins. I know. These are professional pumpkins. Yeah, that's like... Polly. I feel like they're almost ceramic. Polly, are you a ceramic pumpkin carver? Wow. Oh, and look at these cuties. Oh, they're so cute. Man, for falling in love with Americans. But yeah, we've had, I've had, Amy, we've had a few people write in saying, you know, fell in love. It was amazing. And then I went back to get my visa sorted out to wherever, whether it was Scotland or Ireland or, uh, and then bang, lockdown, and they haven't seen each other. And so I'm so glad y'all are going somewhere fucking tropical. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's got to be torture. I know that I have, you know, I, I have some friends that shot movies in Australia and, you know, they were very strict, of course. Like, couldn't bring even if they were married they couldn't bring their spouse or anything mm-hmm. um t- you know because of the way that they handled covid and oh my god but you know i heard somewhere that they're like 90 percent vaccinated in australia something like that which yeah. is amazing but man i'm so glad you are gonna get to reunite it's gonna feel so good <laughs> like the song says like the song says and the rest <laughs> i was thinking reunited and it oh feels that so too good, uh, reunited. Yeah. reunited and the rest you can put them together <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. reunited and it feels so good and the rest i love it awesome amy thanks for joining me today i really appreciate it thanks Walt for Dana's having me out. Of course, it's always good to see you. I need to like get more Amy time since you've been gone. I'm here. Since you've been gone. But ignore the rest of that song. And the rest. I've been high for the first. Wait, how does it go? <laughs> That's, since you've been gone, everything's awesome, I think is what she's oh, basically yeah, yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. It's the opposite. Oh, right, right. God damn it. Yeah. I can't catch a break on this podcast. I know. No, I'm so thrilled to be back. We'll fix it. Everybody send in your good news stories specifically talking about how awesome Amy is. Oh, please don't. Uh, do that. My head can't get any bigger. 
Com. Oh, because your hat, is it fitted? You know you what it is? You don't have the slap Yeah, back? that, and now I have these bangs, and they're, you know, dirty, obviously, which is why they're under the hat. And so now I've got the extra <laughs> short little baby hairs, and they're just, like, standing the hat up. Anyway. <laughs> oh, hard times. Mm. Yes. Well, any final thoughts before we get out of here till tomorrow? Oh, enjoy your Monday. And God, I can't believe it's been a year already. Mm. I know. I know. Think good thoughts. Think good I think th- some stuff might start happening pretty soon. So yeah. chin up everybody until tomorrow. Please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been Allison Gill. And I've been Amy Carrera. And them's the beans. Yay. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.